and welcome to another episode of Dies to Removal. We are talking Corset 2021 today, a little bit of jump start, and right off the bat, Vince, reprints. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Can you believe the reprints that they have here? It's uh, it's surprising. It's incredible. We often complain on this podcast and on our individual videos about the poor reprint policy, but Wizards of the Coast have kind of pulled out a lot of the stops this time around. And Fetchland reprints in the core set at Rare. What a great place for that. I'm I'm bowled over. No, that's not one of the stops they pulled out, Brian. No. No? So there are no Fetchlands in the core set? No. Oh, okay. It's Double Masters then. They've put the Fetchlands in Double Masters. That's right? No. They, they, so They've said no. Are they in the $100 VIP packs? Are Fetchlands in the $100 VIP booster packs? We've been led to believe that they're not there either. But there are $100 booster packs coming. Oh, of course, Brian. Why wouldn't there be? But no Fetchlands there either, so... Are you okay? You're looking a bit tired, Brian. I am a bit tired, Vince. I'm a bit tired. But, but even though it doesn't have Fetchlands in it, Corset 2021, it does look really awesome, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, that's my immediate thing is I think this might be... Would you agree with me if I open out just by saying this might be the best Corset we have had in 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 of over half a decade? Possibly. I mean, like the core sets have got better and better over time. So it's M10 ones onwards, and then the more recent bringing back of them, yeah. they've all been pretty good. Whether this is better than M20, I guess is yet to be seen, but it's pretty good. Like, Oh my god, it's better than M20. This is my... I think the best core set of all time was probably... Like, I'd say best. Like, if I'm thinking... I was playing at the time, so I don't know about, you know, going before M10 or whatever, but M11... I think that was that's where we ended up with Lightning Bolt, the Titans. Mm-hmm. We went into M12. We had Scavenging Ooze. The Titans got reprinted. Uh, I really had fun in Standard and Draft during the M11, M12 era. And I never have felt the same way about a core set since the M11, M12 era yeah. until possibly now I think they had, is my opinion. I think they had some weaker sets. I think after I think M13 was the last one where it was considered still a relatively good core set. I think M14, I mean, I'd have to go back and look for the card, like visual libraries and stuff, but I think people weren't happy about that. And I think M14, 15 and, and Origins, I guess was technically kind of like a core set. I think those Origins kind of, was good. Yeah, Origins was fine, but I think it soured people and that's probably why they pulled back and were like, oh, we're just going to stop the core set for a while because... The last couple weren't received very well. But yeah, M10 and M11 right. era was great when they started like bringing back iconic stuff like Lightning Bolt. And the Titans, I guess, they're right. an interesting addition to Magic because they're good and they're powerful and they're iconic now. If you're playing at the time, you might have been a bit sick of them. And f- facing down one in the pre-release, like the first time I saw a Grave Titan, I was like, oh, wow. Because yeah. I, I had a Sun Titan. I was like, this is pretty good. And then I hadn't seen Grave Titan yet. I was like, well, that seems better than Limited. Oh. Like a lot better. So, um, yeah. <laughs> it is. 
I remember at the time, definitely, I mean, Magic players are always going to complain, and it is fair to say that the Titans were a little too powerful and that we had a case of there's no better six drop except, of course, a worm coil engine, which was also in standard at the time. So basically, when you got to your, your six drop, you're either dropping a Titan or a worm coil, and everything else just doesn't stand a chance. And even among the Titans, there was a lot of debate where, you know, which one were better than the others. I think you didn't see Frost Titan or, uh, as often. That was one of the ones in Standard and in Limited that was considered a little less than than if you had, say, an Inferno Titan or a Grave Titan. Mm-hmm. Primeval, of course, Primeval. Uh, but boy, I did have a lot of fun and I consider those to be the best core sets. I don't know that we're on that level here, but I've not been this excited since. I think uh, I'm so excited think, for this core set. I think it's set. interesting because like they've learned from some previous mistakes. So like the, the big thing is that like, after the Titans, they have tried on many, many an occasion to reproduce the Titan cycle. So you know, a mythic or sometimes a rare, but normally right. a mythic in each color. They all have the same CMC. They're all the same creature type. They're normally big behemoth-like creatures. We had, obviously, the Souls cycle. We had the Kaladesh Gear right. Hulk cycle. We had, the, recently, the Cavaliers in M20. But the cool thing about M21, or one of the many cool things about M21, is that they seem to have, like, like ushered that away a little bit, or at least took a break from it. Because I'm, I'm looking through the visual spoiler now, and I cannot see... There's not much five creatures that are all similar. It's just not it's just not a thing. I guess Mask of Worm and Baneslayer are similar in terms of being haymakers, but they're not like the time right. cycle and stuff. So it's nice. Well, to that see was actually what I thought. That was actually what I thought was when I was looking through it. I didn't like the Cavaliers. I was not a fan of the Cavaliers in terms of what they brought to gameplay. Uh, I liked the Gear Hulks. I think the Gear Hulks were the best case of them trying to recreate the feel and the power of the Titans with maybe being one notch down in yeah. terms of power. You could debate that. I mean, some of those gear hulks even today are still, you know, things that you're going to to want to have in your binder for for possible decks. So they were definitely powerful. The souls of like soul of New Phyrexia, soul of Chandelar, or whatever it was. Ugh, that one I, the, I did the, not the like soul the soul cycle. The soul cycle was significantly worse than the gear hulks. I think I think the Cavalier cycle barring the individual Titans is my favorite of those kind of super cycle all those cycles because the Cavaliers felt a bit balanced. Like triple pipped mana costs meant they like you know they weren't just easily splashable necessarily and things like that. So I, th- I think they're a bit more balanced, where every other one of yeah. the cycles has always been double-pipped. So I think that helped. Apart from when you add like, things like Fires of Invention into the mix, but at that point, like the amount of mana you pay for it doesn't actually matter. But so I think Cavaliers are probably my preferred one over the over the Gearhulks, but I can see why you'd like them. They're pretty good cards. Yeah, yeah, uh, they are. But when I saw this core set, and you're right, it doesn't seem to have, unless we're totally missing it, no. that kind of uh, one of each color cycle. But I thought that was what they were intentionally doing, uh, d- uh, but do they don't really have, what's what's the green? What's what's the, if, if we're so going to say there's... Massacre Worm in black, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Baneslayer Angel in white, what 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 are we looking at in, in green, so, I would so say? So green's got the Elder Gargoth, which is the closest to a, like, yes. an actual titan. Um, but but the Titan, so the Titan like uh, equivalent in other sets normally have some ETB value and attack value, or one or the other. Normally, always an ETB right, value. And that's... But the Gargoth doesn't have right. that. Baneslayer doesn't have that. Because that's the problem with the Titan and Titan um, adjacent design is that they normally they're so good upon ETB that if you're then killing them after they've entered the battlefield, you're already like 
like behind, if that makes sense. That's why they were so Yes, good. but I don't think they should be cut. Like, see, I don't like the idea in Magic that they do, they keep doing new versions of what they've already done. I like them mm -hmm. to be much more innovative, uh, not as innovative as Companions, anyone in R&D <laughs> listening to this. Don't ever be that innovative yeah, again. Yeah, that's not innovation. That's that too was like, innovative. That's reinventing the wheel, but coming out with like a flamange. Like it wasn't even innovation. Yeah. It was like... <laughs> nonsense right the lesson yes color. yes oh my goodness but uh yeah blue is the only color where i don't think blue really has like like a does blue ha it, no, it has it that doesn't, uh, it doesn't have a single uh, mythic creature from looks of things it well but it doesn't have to be mythic mythic you know who i like in we're getting into i don't want to get into my cards uh, uh, -huh. uh yet that i picked so we'll hold back but i think blue does have a uh one of those kind of inevitability bomb cards mm -hmm. but it's it's in rare and i actually think uh the stormwing entity is is blues equivalent um mm. i really think stormwing entity i i haven't really looked at other uh uh players and creators lists yet i did my own for pioneer uh and and stormwing was on there and it's one i'm going to mention later in this episode but i think stormwing entity is really being overlooked because i think it's very very easy to uh uh get its effect of costing two and a blue less and i think that it's going to be hitting the battlefield like all you need to do all you need to do is opt. Yeah. All you need to do is 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 one a one mana cantrip, and and you can drop this thing so early. It turns um it turns and, your cantrips into it scries it scries two not one but two which is is great especially if it's coming out early and it has prowess and if you wait just a beat and you don't bring it out on curve for the reduced cost, but you wait one turn, so you have one more mana open, you can protect it and sure, have a, sure. a, a, a mana open to protect it, uh, which will then trigger prowess. So somebody tries to remove it, you can respond to that removal and trigger prowess. I, it's fan I, mean, I, I think it's fantastic. We'll talk more about it when we get to that. I think the card is insanely good. Yeah. Like, insanely good. So yeah. I definitely agree with that. I don't know if it's Titan good, though. Like, it's not a Titan, it's not a no. Gearhulk. It doesn't eat... Like, the ETB of Scrying 2 is nothing compared to things like Titans, Gearhulks, and Souls did, right? So I get I get that it's good, and I think you probably will see more constructed play than some of the Titan cycles we've seen, because I think the card is legitimately good. But it's not like... Right. Like, when Massacre Women is the battlefield unlimited... <laughs> You're oh yeah, that's like, the end of well, this I, is not massive. I guess I've just died then. And the same's like similar similar to like Bane Angel, and I guess the Gargaroth the Gargaroth's probably worse than them. The thing about the Gargaroth above. The Gargaroth me, I'm i I've gotta say it, the Gargaroth dies to removal. It does I mean, die to like removal. The, the, it also dies to Urvo, right? Because nothing yes. compares to Uro anymore. We have this there's this thing that happened with I the hate Titan that cycle. Cards. I hate Uro so it's much. One of my least I hate Uro cards. so it's, it's, much. It's the worst card from Thales Beyond Death. Worse than Thassa's Oracle for what it's done to magic on the whole, I think. But yeah. During the Titan era, during the Thragtusk era, that period of time when they really ramped up the power level of Enter the Battlefield effects on cards, uh, it had a lasting effect in Magic, where now we judge things about upon, like, if we can't get value out of it immediately, it's probably not very good. And that's what everyone's been saying about the Elder Gargaroth. It's got, like, three keywords. It does three different modal things when it attacks or blocks. It's got some absurd abilities, and I'll keyword soup and everything. But because it doesn't have any immediate value, it doesn't compare to Uro or previous Titans sort of stuff, it's just already outclassed. And that's one of the things that kind yeah. of upsets me with the previous design that maybe we edge away from a little bit here. Who knows? Maybe we're on the downturn of power level. Who knows? But yeah, it's just funny that you open this mythic bomb that might win you a limited game, and then it's just going to go in your, tra your your jank folder and never, ever be touched again. It's just not good enough. I would rather be dealing with Elder Gargaroth's 
I'm playing Elder Gargaroths as as a rule of of creature than with than dealing with and playing with euros. Like like if you're gonna say no, I would I I would say less euros and more Elder Gargaroths. And and quite frankly, the whole joke of dies to removal. That's good. That's what removal does. Mm-hmm. That's what removal is supposed to do. It removes. And 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 I feel that when they start pushing cards, they start thinking, "Cool. How do we make sure that this doesn't die to removal?" You know, like you go back to those cavaliers and it's like, "Cool, we'll just put it back in the, you know, they'll get it again. It'll come back." Yeah. And and I really disliked that. That is that that's called, "Well, I packed removal to do a thing, but now your creature is getting around removal in in such an obnoxious way and it's such an obnoxious like you want to put hexproof on something put it on something you know that maybe is small uh, that's a way to get around removal not uh, this, this crazy cavalier that's going to shuffle back into my library or whatever oh just leave me alone oh the, the cavaliers didn't reshuffle they did the enters and dies they had two bits of value on top of the body the gods, right 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 the sorry gods uh, the, but you're the, right there's, there's a the trend. gods reshuffle yeah, that's my bad but I didn't like trend. the gods either I was so sick of I would be I'm like, I know the god is coming. This is how I play. And again, I'm not a pro. I'm just a casual player. But I'm playing my games. I know the god is coming. Okay, so that's what you're supposed to. You're supposed to kind of have a reasonable anticipation of what your opponent's deck is going to try and do so that you can work to to work against that and, and triumph. So this is how you play magic. So I know the god is coming. I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure they, they're going to be trying to drop a god on me. I'm doing things to try and prepare for this. They drop the god. I've got some kind of answer. But it doesn't matter. It's just going to go right back in the deck oh just leave me alone (laughs) yeah it's 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 the old yeah the design was making creatures better and better and better and it's nice to see a set where it doesn't feel necessarily that way and there's also more there's also very powerful spells in here and some of the planeswalkers too i mean they're always going to push planeswalkers unfortunately and that's something you'll agree with me on as well but yeah, yeah. And that's that's why I say that the the Stormwing is such a cool card because it's called this is a card that encourages you to use that part of your brain I was just describing, which is think ahead. Oh, they might have removal. No problem. I'm going to be able to reduce the cost of this with something like an opt and then I will still have mana available to protect it from the removal. And I see a huge difference between playing magic where you you build into your play strategy things like I better protect one of my creatures from removal with another spell versus, oh, the card just has it built in. I drop it, they destroy it, it shuffles into the library. It'll come back, no problem. It's it's not a thing. The the Cavalier, I play it, I get an enter the battlefield, they remove it, I get to leave the battlefield. No problem, it's just built into goodness. And that's that's my issue. That's, that's where I start having less fun. So I guess I should say I, that's where I stop having fun is, is when we've got too many creatures like that and then it's just like, well, what am I supposed to be doing here? Uh, weirdly, this this set is going to have us agreeing on a lot of things. I think, which is weird. Normally, we agree on the negatives. Perhaps we're going to praise it a lot in, in the positive, which is nice. That's a bit of bit of a change. I was going to ask you, do you think this set might get the right balance between what corsets used to be? So, th- those of you who don't know, prior to M10, corsets were exclusively reprints. There was never a new card. Yes. And then post M10, they decided to break that rule and they started printing new stuff, and that's how we ended up getting Titans. Or it might be M11 with the re- either way around that time. Do you think this set? I think it was ten. I know, think it was ten. ten I think ten, it was ten. tenth edition, something like that. The, yeah, somewhere around yeah. there. And, and I think it was M10 after tenth M10. So, do you think this is like the the good middle ground between we're getting a lot of good reprints, you know, the grim shooters of this world and stuff like that, and also adding new cards? Or do, like, how did you feel about the old model? Was that something that you approved of? A reprint only product every year or every other year? 
I, I mean, obviously anybody who knows me knows I'm Mr. Reprint. I'm in favor of reprints. And I do think that there should be, I mean, this is why it's called the core set because it's meant to be your core collection of cards that are like the, the foundation of the game and that that's all reprints. And as they make new expansion sets, they choose which cards from them to put in the core of the game and they can change the core of the game from year to year through which reprints they reprint and select. And I really like that philosophy. In reality, I will acknowledge even I, the reprint guy, uh, 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 Professor Sai, the reprint guy, uh, I will acknowledge, reprints rule, I will acknowledge that uh, they needed to have new cards as well in a core set to make it interesting and to incentivize purchase and play. I think that the pendulum swings both ways, and I think that they got to a point where they weren't even really looking to have good reprints in core sets, that they considered it to be boring, and that they've realized now, especially with the rise of Commander, as well as formats like Pioneer and Modern, that they have to have a more aggressive reprint model, that people are more excited about it. I, I don't know that this is there yet. I would almost say they need to go further. Okay. With reprints in a core set, but not by much. And one of the things about this that I really like is that, yes, we have a couple big name reprints, like obviously the Grim Tutor, Ugin, I'm actually more impressed with, and Azusa than Grim Tutor, because you could argue Grim Tutor is one of those artificially high cards. Yeah. It shouldn't be $200. You say that, but like it just was in this weird set. But it's I, a good but, card. But I think, cool yeah, card. 100%. I think the Grim Tutor reprint makes a lot more sense because they just needed to do one. Like, well, now it's been done, there's no way that card holds its own value at all because it's not a demand issue. Like, it's a... I've, right. I've been talking about this a lot, like, in compared to, like, Imperial Recruiters and stuff of other sets where people are like, oh, it'll hold a similar value. It won't because Imperial Recruiters are four of in certain Legacy decks. Grim Tutor is on rare occasion a one of in certain meta games in in a legacy deck, and that's it. It's not even that. It's not even. Yeah. It's not even the shooter you want for commander. Like you go, you go vamp and demonic before you get to grim, right? So yeah, you are right. It's not as good a reprint in terms of accessibility for people to play older formats like Azusa and Ugin. But Grim just needed one. I, 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 oh it, yeah, it's weird to sit and be like, yes, finally, good job. But in reality, I don't want to be too pessimistic. But in reality, I'm like, yeah, but how then you did look it at, take then you so look long? At... You know, how did it take so long to right. reprint Grim Tutor? But then you look at things like Ugin. And this is a card that Ugin could have been saved for a Masters set. And this is where I don't like Masters sets and they, the effect uh. they have, which is called don't put it in a core set, put it in a Masters set. Ugin is is a staple in formats like, you know, Modern, you need it for decks, Commander as well, all of that Seems stuff. Legacy it's, play as well. it's very costly. Let's see some, isn't it just like a little Legacy play? It's not uh, like, as... So as so I, if I sit down to do a modern league, I will expect to see Ugin. Yeah, so if I sit down to do a legacy Tron, league, right? I'm not sure I'm going to see Ugin. Sure, so, so Ugin sees a lot of play in modern. Um, in legacy, it's still like parts of decks. Like there are Eureka decks that play it. There are Wreck to Fit decks that play it. And most commonly, you have Cloudpost, which is the legacy version of Tron. Right. It's not as good. It's not as big a meta percentage share because the format's dominated by Oko and Force of Will. But um, yeah, Ugin is a big boy in that as well. So it sees playing across like every format, essentially. I don't know if it does see play in vintage. But... But as a counterpoint to what you're saying, I definitely agree that Ugin needed a mass reprint, right? Because it was just absurdly expensive. And what a, a place card. for it. What a great place I for it. I disagree. 
I think that putting Ugin here with my my I tangentially keep an iron stand and play a little bit of arena, giving green and blue Kigega Christmas as a collection of uh colours that are just too good right now. You've got your Uros, your Okos, your Nissa who shakes the world, you're ramping into big things like Agents of Treacheries and stuff. And then they're like, oh, we're gonna get rid of Agents of Treachery, but here's like the best eight mana walker ever printed. That's probably a little bit too good. I, I would hazard to say in a couple months' time we will joke about how in a recent ban announcement they banned even Nissa or Ugin. Because I think combined sure. That's too good. So I think Ugin is the only card I look at being reprinted. I'm like, is that really where we want to go with standard right now? Because that's oh, I, bit- I I couldn't agree more in that regard. I don't like Ugin as a card. I think cards like Ugin, and I'm going to be honest with you, I think cards like Ugin, Karn, the Titans, like Emrakul, I don't think these are cards they should have made ever. They go in any deck that uh, and as soon as you figure out how to how to uh, uh hurry them into play, which is so doable even without Tron lands in a format, uh then you end up with some real broken stuff. It's again not fun to play against. I'm just speaking more from a health of the economy uh sure, sort sure. of thing. I'm not looking forward to playing against Ugin, nor am I looking forward to playing Ugin. I didn't like him when he was in cons, even though he wasn't didn't have that much impact in standard at the time, if I recall. But just in terms of a reprint, I'm really happy with Ugin. I'm happy to see cards like Ruined Halo, Containment Priest. Vince, they reprinted Containment Priest in this core set. Mm-hmm. It has this wild alternate artwork with the actual non-stretchy alternate art, which I'm so glad it's not that stretchy I've, I've alternate already, art that I hate. It's been one day, I've already played with it in modern, and I opened the alternate art today in my box as well, so I'll, I'll make it the nice. booster. Nice. So, yeah, we'll, Wait, we'll get to is that there more. anywhere where we could see? Is there anywhere where we could see that footage yes, of you opening it? Oh, let me open it. That's on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Pleasant Kenobi. And yes, I do have a YouTube channel, Brian. You have a YouTube channel? I thought you just complained about things on Twitter for clout. For no. internet clout. That's the vast majority of the rest of the community. I actually make content. Um, yes. On that note... <laughs> um, yeah, we'll come to Containment Priest later. I, I, I love Containment Priest, and it's one of my favourite reprints. I in the know set. you do, because, baby. But I think cards like Containment Priest and stuff like that are good reprints. I've been demanding... I've been, I've been like, shouting that that card should have been in modern since, like, prior to Hogak being printed. So that's great. Like, cards like that are great, and some, a lot of the new cards. I think Ugin might have been a mistake, but again, it needs a mass reprint. But that's where I was going with this. Surely the Ugin then, we need big reprints of it. Could it not have been in the tangential set or doesn't put it through standard? Because what we seem to be seeing now is every core set is attached to another... Not every core set, sorry. Every set is attached to another product. So a Coria launched with a Coria Commander. We've had Brawl alongside Throne. Uh, and now with M21, yeah. we've got a set that does, it doesn't even share a thematic name with it or anything or any flavor. It's just Jumpstart, which is a, a draftable sealed deck product that just happens to share half its cards with M21 as well. So couldn't Ugin have been uh, in M- in Jumpstart but not M21? Would that have even been a reasonable reprint? Because I don't know if how many Jumpstart boosts are going to be opened. I don't even know. It's hard to even determine these things. I, I know that there's a shortage of Jumpstart boosters. Uh, Is there? That, they're, that, that they got... I think they got hit with production problems for the jumpstart boosters. Oh, all listen, all I know is is that I'm 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 I am always trying to get some kind of sample products from Wizards of the Coast and always failing. Uh uh, uh I wasn't able to 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 get some for this go around, but when I was asking if they had some samples for review for me, possibly. They uh, said, maybe on the core set. Didn't get the core set, by the way. But one thing that was said to me was... Did, so, yeah. yeah. 
ju- they said jumpstart we don't have available like we don't have extras so uh, right I, I've now heard and similar. you can so I, I don't know what that means but yeah. I, but I, I did you I, yeah so so again we I had a similar thing I was like do, do you have any jumpstart product coming I would love to like try and play this even perhaps over webcam and stuff like that with a friend for yeah. a video and they were like oh we're not going to get any for a while but I thought that was to do with I thought Europe was having a delayed release of jumpstart because of covid and stuff like that I didn't realize it was a perhaps a availability issue which is scary because that means the jumpstart reprints that I'm going to praise in videos and stuff might not even be as impactful as they should be Oh, well, God. it might be oh, that they come out with more of it later, and we're not at the Jumpstart release that's coming out still in a couple weeks. Yep, so true, Jumpstart isn't releasing with Core Set, but uh, and again, I don't know. You can read into that what you want, uh, sort of things. I mean, I was able to pre-order uh, uh, some some good prices on Jumpstart uh, booster boxes for myself. I don't know. I, I don't like them doing it back to back, though. It's confusing. I've had myself. Uh, uh, tell me if this is true for you. I've had myself really confused about what's in Core Set versus what's in Jumpstart yep, yep. as the previews just went into one another. I had myself confused. Wait, is that in the Commander only box or is that in Aquaria? I yep. remember with Throne of Eldraine and those Brawl decks, I was like, wait, so Chulane is legal, but not in booster packs, but he is in these other booster packs. I mean, that was what? The, that's one of the weirdest things. What? That we obviously, we talked about on this podcast about Chulane being legal when other things not being, and we end up seeing uh, Corval, the dragon from Thrones, Brawl decks being a big part of Standard. So that happened, and then we go to the next set, well, two sets later, arguably, because Th- I guess Theros didn't have one of these things. But then we get to Ikoria, where they have a commander product where it's not legal and standard, which, I mean, I get it now because I make content about this and about daily, but, like, in previous season, I couldn't figure out which one was which. I was talking on stream about a card being playable in um, a modern deck, and they're like, Vince, that's in the commander products. And I'm like, well, I mean, I make these videos for a living, and I'm confused. So it's very right. easy to get confused. I mean, one of the other things that bugs me a little bit about this is that like, I guess they're thematically connected in some ways because there's several new goblins in this set, which we'll talk about more in the second half of this podcast, that I'm really excited for. And then there's some random good goblins in Jumpstart. So I, again, was talking on stream about, oh, I can't wait to play these two cards together in Modern. And they're like, you can't do that, Vince. The Jumpstart card's only legal in Legacy. And I was just like, oh, it's, right. it's, it's flying my brain. I can't. And that's, yeah, and that's that's the thing is, is we have complained about uh, is there too much product coming out? But I want to stress that what we're talking about here isn't an issue with too much product. It's an issue of confusion where it's, I I like Jumpstart. Uh, my review of it, I mean, I need to play it some more. I, I mocked up a few packs just to kind of just get a feel. But when I get some packs very soon, uh, hopefully I, I'm going to, you know, get some games in. But right now I think it's going to be a very positive review of Jumpstart. I liked the Commander Ikoria decks for the most part. Obviously could have had more reprints. Didn't like the Brawl decks, obviously. But, you know... The issue is, is not one of too many products. It's that I'm getting confused as to what's what, like what you were just describing. And I think that Matt, you used to be able to set your clock by the way magic did things. It, it was clear. This is what is in a booster pack. This is what you get when you buy a booster box. This is what you get when you do this. This is what, you, what, when this comes out twice per year, we have a dual deck. Once per year, we have it from the vault. And now it's like every week. Oh, wow. New product announcement. Oh, wow. New product premium thing. It, nobody knows what's what. And, as they're having previews bleed into one another, I don't know what's in Corset versus Jumpstart off the back of my 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 hand, and I don't think that's a good thing for the game. I think as players, both enfranchised and casual, you should have a clear idea of what is what, and that has nothing to do with too many products, because if the products are selling 
fine. But it's it has to do with maybe we should have waited a few weeks yeah, it's, it's, before it's, talking about it, Jumpstart. It's, it's messaging and noise. Right? I, keep, I always refer to it as noise. There's just a lot of noise from Wizards. Like, so much noise. And uh, a secret lair is part of the problem with that as well. Because, like, in between each spoiler, you'll have, like, a secret lair thing. And then, like, Chandra's Spellbook just came out, right? And that's just, like thrown under my radar. I should. I want to pick one up, but I, I totally forgot it was even happening because it's A, COVID, right. and B, just like the constant bombardment of spoilers and stuff. And another thing was, some I misspoke in my video today saying I'd spoiled Baneslayer Angel, which I didn't, but it was in the spoiler booster that I had for Jumpstart. So even I'm getting confused right. as to what I even got as a preview card because it's all such a... Right. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, I, and I'd love to see... I, I always look for the comments of our episodes. I'm looking forward to seeing the comment section for people to t- tell us, like, whether or not we're just being idiots, which is possible because you are an idiot and sometimes yeah. so am I. And or, or, There's just so many episodes in the comments where they point out what an idiot you are, Vince. I know, and I'm I like, know. well, I'm not dropping him. I'm not <laughs> dropping him as co-host. I just say it all you want. Yeah. <laughs> but He's so, going to have that YouTube channel eventually. Or they might just uh, generally like agree that actually, yeah, there's so much noise going on, it's hard to figure out. Like, genuinely. Yeah. And uh, I felt uh, I felt that the expansion symbol on the uh, Ikoria Commander deck cards was very similar, yeah. or perhaps just not distinct enough to Ikoria. And I found myself, even with the cards in front of me, it, it just I know they're different symbols, but they got just my mind kept blending them together. I, mean, I, I had people sarcastically tell me on Twitter, like, "Why are you finding this hard? They have different symbols," and I'm like, "Because it's not out yet." And therefore, I don't know which symbol is which for a start. Like, there's a lot There's a lot of layered information here. Like, like now, retrospectively, since Ikori has been out, I can just about tell you, uh, I can correct people on what's in Commander and what's not, or what was in Modern and what's not, especially if you haven't seen those cards show up in those formats, I guess. But uh, yeah, right. those, those set symbols were very similar. So, you know, I guess it's a blessing that M21 is an M21 core set symbol and Jumpstart is not. If this was another set with another new symbol that doesn't quite click with me, as to what, it doesn't grok, then it'd be even more confusing. So in some ways, that's a blessing that M21's different. Yes, yes, yes. So the other thing about reprints that is a new conundrum brought about by the existence of reprints is that Arena exists now. And Arena doesn't have an economy where you can sell excess cards. So when you open up the same <laughs> card again, you either get gems or some progression towards your vault. I get confused as to which, because... I just guess I'm really easily confused, to be honest. But I was going to ask you, Brian, like, how do you feel about the new card problem where we're going to open more? The, the card in question is the temples. Everyone's already got temples right. in 20, and now when you open them in 21, they've made a recent sh- announcement for a change. The change being that you won't open any of those temples in your packs until you've got all of the rares in that set. Then you must collect all of the temples again before it starts doing the whole, you've already got this stuff, here, some gems. I think that's a bad fix. That yeah. the, that is that that's still them being greedy. It's just them rearranging their greed. They're they're still equally greedy. They've just taken their line of greed, the items in their greed, and they've they've moved them yeah, around. They've a literally, little bit. yeah, because because like I think it's a reaction because both Saffron Olive and Noxious both did videos talking about the new the the the, the reprint. Oh, everyone, card. everybody, everybody did every, and oh. I know that all the all the big arena streamers who who don't have YouTube backups, but just everybody's been talking right, about it. Right, it's right, a right. disaster. So they, they, I so think they it's a, I think it's a legitimate by, disaster. They just shuffled. You are right. They're like, oh, here's 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 the problem they put a cup over it they're like woohoo lift the cups and yeah like, well i'm still yeah that's exactly right the same cards again so hopefully and this is why 
This is why when you have an economy that is what I have described in the past, and I do not believe I'm being uh, uh, hyperbolic here, I believe it is a a predatory uh, economy where they are doing the maximum greed and the maximum exploitation of the digital systems at hand, that you are going to then start to encounter problems like this because Magic the Gathering as a game is not engineered the way Magic Arena was engineered. Mm-hmm. It was engineered for the cards to be traded from its very foundation. Richard Garfield and his envisionment of this was that cards would trade hands, would have a uh, 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 worth to be, I'll give you two for one sort of stuff. This is why Magic Online had that completely adopted and never had problems with that. In fact, it was one of its strengths. And as soon as they go, well, wait a minute, we can we can make a lot of money with Arena, but we can make even more money by having this exploitative economy where people are, have their cards in one directional. It's locked on your account. You can't give it away. You can't dust it away. You can't sell it away. You can't buy. You can't any of that stuff. Uh, well, then we're starting to have problems with the nature of the game. We need reprints in Magic the Gathering. We need the temples reprinted. Them reprinting Fabled Passage is another example. This is great at keeping Fabled Passage from becoming a $50 card a year from now, mm-hmm. them reprinting it in a core set, because people are playing Fabled Passage in Commander and in Modern and all of that stuff, as well as Standard. That's great, but... For arena-only players, it's not great, and that shouldn't be the case. And 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 I think that that they could do a solution to this, where there are similar games that simply have the ability for you to, you know, like like not receive the duplicate card mm-hmm, in your mm-hmm. packs. Period. I mean, None of. Period. I was thinking about recently where, like, um, I was thinking about like Magic the Gathering Online compared to Arena. You just struck my memory about this a little bit. Where, like, yeah, like no one ever really complained about the economy of Magic the Gathering Online because it's basically a proxy of the economy in real life. Like, the cards are worth a certain amount, and you pay for them, you can trade them. And the thing is, like, no one ever disliked that. So when Arena came around, obviously they're they're updating the the gameplay. If we had a Modo that played like Arena but had an economy like Modo, people wouldn't mind that because they can buy and sell their cards like real Magic cards. The reason we don't have that economy, the only reason we don't have or perhaps two reasons one is they're a bit fearful of gambling uh, we've talked about this last episode the gambling problem and b is they, right. they can make more money by making it a way <laughs> that they can abuse it with these predatory actions uh, like for example uh, obfuscating the the, the 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 gems to coins thing and like we're saying the duplicating cards thing so that that was my first thought that just jogged my memory on yes so I thought was interesting that modo would be beautiful if it played like arena but you have the economy but secondly secondly someone told me recently they got back into hearthstone because they were sick of Arena, they're sick of Standard, weirdly. And they got in. They Don't play- blame them. They hadn't played it for two years. They got in, they dusted their collection, and they bought, like, th- or bought, built three top-tier current Standard lists for Hearthstone. And I was like, wow, I'd never thought of it that way. You can step into another card game, dust your collection, or in the case of Arena, a Modo, sell your collection and buy other cards. You can do those things. You can dust it and make a top-tier deck. If I stopped playing Arena now, and I came back in two years, three years' time, I would just have to spend 100 maybe $200 to be able to build yeah, more than one deck. It'd be $50 for one deck, maybe 100 200 for the next one, or just crack packs, or just draft. I'm getting... I'm- I'm I'm getting angry just here. Like this really is my my thing that pisses me off. And 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 here's the thing that's so infuriating is Wizards thinks they're patting themselves on their I was going to say on the backs, but I guess on the side of of their hip where they keep their wallets. They're patting themselves on, the fat on their cat wallets. Bellies, just like whoa. yes, ha 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 ha. Just in the um, monocle. Uh, 
Right, right. Light up a cigar of of ge- with gems or something. Uh, but the the truth of the matter is, is this is going to be what de- destroys uh, uh, Arena in many ways because that makes it so that you can't come back. Mm-hmm. That makes it so that more people are going to log in. You're gonna. What's going to happen is every day, right now, today. Tons of people stopped playing Arena, just like they stopped playing Paper Magic, like they stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Any, any, and whatever any it game, happens. Any game, anything. Like, yeah. Today, tomorrow, yesterday, people stopped playing. In two years, some of those people are going to think, I want to go back on Arena. I want to go back to Magic the Gathering. That is the greatest thing that happens for the community. That is the greatest thing that happens mm-hmm. for the health of the game. That is the greatest thing that happens for the company that makes it. But what's going to happen is they're going to experience what you described, where they log on, and it's going to be $200, even though they spent a thousand on cards a year ago. There's going to be two hundred dollars to get back up there, and they're going to say, "Ah, screw it," and yeah, log no off. Way. And also, people in the comment section who think we're exaggerating, go and have a look. Like, think about how many wild cards you need to build like more than one deck, and then look at like you. Have, I, I regularly each set, I, I spend fifty to hundred dollars on packs to get wild cards because I make occasional arena content. Cause it's part of my job, so I've got that. But think of it this way. I mean, maybe this is a bullet point because I don't want to label this too much, but. Let's think you're playing Arena now and you're loving it and you're playing Magic and you're loving it. And then you, you know, you have a child with your partner, let's say. Right? A, a human thing that humans do. And you have to step away from playing Magic because you need to spend time with your newborn and your, your partner's given birth and so on and so on. Or you get sick of standard. One sure, of those sure. is more likely than yeah, the other. Go sure, on. But my point is, then you're like, you know, I'll come back to Magic in a year. But now you've got commitments like a child, for example. And that then right. affects your income level. And you're like, you're like you said, and you're like, actually, you know what? I can't actually dump this money into Arena. So people who are sat in the comment section going, oh, you know, Magic's an expensive hobby. Sure. But that accessibility issue starts to affect people who have just genuine real world things that happen. Or people who are just of lower incomes. Because that's another problem with Magic, right? These are genuine problems. Like, I, I feel like people will dismiss yeah. it and say that we're, we're like... We're looking for something to complain about, but I generally think it's an issue that will damage Magic in the long term. Because, like you said, the great thing about Magic is jumping back in, and you won't be able to with the Arena because there's no easy jump in point. Right, I agree completely, and uh, this is also something where we're going to start getting like right now. What Arena has going for it more than any other factor, there's a couple other factors, but the number one factor that Arena has going for it is a big flashy interface. Mm-hmm. And we've said this before: if tomorrow Magic Online essentially had Magic Arena's interface, there would be no reason to play Arena. Mm-hmm. And and nobody would want to because what Magic Online offers in terms of being able to trade, buy and sell individual cards, that my cards have specific value on uh, Magic Online and I can cash out. Mm-hmm. And when maybe I need to, the baby comes, I can sell my collection yep. on Magic Online and get you some money back for all that money I put Brian. into it. You can sell your winnings I can sell my winnings. You can't do that And when I play... And when I play, it's much more the experience and the play experience of like when I go down to a local game store, which I can't do right now, but it is the same sort of format. Whereas on Arena, more and more, they push you towards things like the the, the ranked and the laddering and stuff, which is uh, a, a way that you burn out faster. And I, 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 I know this is everybody's got a different thing and some people probably love ladder games. Yeah. I get burnt out on it. And I think that is not how Magic is meant to be played and that that is not the optimal experience. But tomorrow, if Magic on Online had that interface, everybody would be playing Magic Online. And so what happens as time goes on and Magic Arena gets more and more buggy, the interface becomes more and more dated already. So yesterday, Magic Arena was supposed to come out on Mac, which is what I primarily use. I can't get on. I can't get on. 
uh, it's crashing. It's this. I hear after the rollout yesterday that tons of PC players are having tons of bugs and crashes that is possibly tied to them beginning to try and implement such a basic concept as cross-platform access. And this is what's going to happen. Arena was really spiffy when it emerged from its egg, but five years from now, it might be falling apart at the seams. And what happens then when you have all of these people who have put so much into it and and the client has become something where the interface is not impressive anymore? Magic Online had issues with bugs, but I always could cash out. I could redeem my cards for paper cards if I wanted to. And I totally, I was streaming Arena on uh, Monday night and I was getting frame rate issues on a computer that can more than cope with Arena, but yeah. and I couldn't figure it out. I mean, it, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. And yeah, you are, you are it's right. like, it's it, like, you, I love hearing when somebody who has a computer that can handle whatever the, like, 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 you know, uh, uh, the latest Assassin's Creed or whatever, uh, or, or, or whatever the big game is with graphic requirements. And then they have trouble with arena mm-hmm. and it's just like, are you kidding me? But, I mean, and and but, this is but, not a joke. This is true. But in all fairness, that also happens with Modo. I've had the I've had Modo question, but at least if I get really sick of Modo, but, let's say I'm your average Joe, not the super handsome YouTuber, but I'm your average Joe and I'm like, I'm sick of arena. Arena. Sorry, I'm sick of mode. I'm right. sick of magic. I sell my cards. I get my money and I walk away. If I get sick of arena tomorrow and stop playing, I cannot get a penny back out of that. And that's what that's not the gold standard of magic in many ways. It's why wizards won't reprint fetch lands. They want to keep them valuable for you know for collectors. It's why, right. the, it's why the reserve list exists. Perhaps a oh, right. definitely a mistake, but maybe not in the eyes of certain people at Hasbro or wizards. But it's it's the gold standard of magic, and then Arena's just like, nah, we're just gonna we're gonna make you grind. But we've turned this episode into we've turned it into our Modo dice to Arena. We've done this episode already, Brian. We're just going we've back done to it. it. But to be fair, we should come back to these every every six to twelve months. We should. I talk think about so these because things. because there was a point I said this in in my tw- 2019 worst of the year. Uh, uh, review was that uh, at one point Arena was the best thing to happen to Magic and then they neglected it and it turned into the worst thing to happen to Magic because of those those neglects and I had had it up on my list as like it's been a disaster this year uh, and it's one of the biggest disasters in terms of the mismanagement of Arena which was this great breath of fresh air and fresh life and everything and I think that revisiting those those issues is important but We've revisited that in terms of the mm-hmm. reprint heavy set and the the, the 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 problems that is having on Arena. And I, I'm going to maintain these problems are only going to grow, only going to get worse. I mean, isn't the goal eventually to have Pioneer on Arena? Isn't the goal eventually to have Supposedly. maybe, dare I say, dare I say something like a Masters set on Arena? And the whole point of a Masters set is it's reprints. You're going to have problems like this. Uh, uh, and at this point, it's far too late to change the economy. Mm-hmm. So when their solution is, is just the rearranging of greed, I think it's 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 bad sign of things to come, personally. Yeah. Bad sign of things to come. I agree. I agree completely. I, 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 I wish I couldn't. Cards be more interesting. That we love. Be more interesting if I disagree, yeah. but I can't. Okay, you start. What, what have you got? What, what cards in M21 are tickling your stink, as I like to say? All right, so Conspicuous Snoop, it's uh, double red for a Goblin Rogue. You get to play with the top card of your library revealed. You may cast Goblin spells from the top of your library, and as long as the top card of your library is a Goblin card, Conspicuous Snoop has all activated abilities of that card, uh, and it's a 2-2. This is such a fun Goblin. This is so fun for Goblin Tribal. Goblin Tribal in Standard, Goblin Tribal in Modern, 
I don't know if Legacy is going to get there, but we're going to try. Pioneer exists for now. Uh, Brawl, I think, is gone except on Arena, which I can't get to load on my Mac, so I don't care. But Conspicuous Snoop is such a great card. And I love the way that it's using goblin cards in the way that other uh, cards typically have used, like land cards, like play with the top card of your library revealed. If it's a land, you can cast that card and you just empty out your library. And Conspicuous Snoop has the ability to do that with goblins uh, as long as you want to uh, uh, be able to uh, cast it, as, as long as you have the mana available, I should say, to be able to cast it. And getting all the activated abilities when you don't, it's almost like a pseudo cast. Like you've got it. So if it's if it's giving all yep. goblins plus one plus one in haste and I ran out of mana, well, it's almost like it's on the battlefield anyway. No, 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 no. It doesn't get it doesn't get uh static or global abilities or triggered abilities. It only gets activated. Oh, abilities. only activated abilities. So I can I can I spend mean, around still, and well, that's still really It's still good. really good. Still that's really right. Activated good. abilities, yes. Read it. Did you know that so, so reading I the card explains the card? Indeed, it does. I had I had this card on my top five as well. Like, um, this, you said about legacy. I think this legacy might be the card that this ends up like landing a home because like legacy goblins has always been a tier like two one point five deck, uh, and that's the format where they generally play one ofs of slim gang commander, uh, Krenko. Uh, ki- this card actually kills people with uh, Kiki Cheeky. It's infinite combo right. with Kiki Cheeky where you make infinite snoops. And then what you need is some way to kill them, which could be Pashalic Mons, which is another goblin that, that pings them for one when a goblin dies. It does all these cool combos and stuff. I mean, I've, I've got literally like a list of cards that combos with that are crazy. Skirk Prospector. Right. It allows you to then sack your bold for a mana. And you mentioned about having haste. It kind of does do that in a way, because that way, if Kiki's on top of your library, you don't have to cast it for five mana. You now have the activate ability of Kiki right there and then. Kiki has haste, for example. Krenko's a good example. Krenko doesn't have haste, but the Snoop, if it's already been in play for a turn and Krenko gets revealed, bam, you've got a Krenko activation with essentially haste. This card is really yes. good. I'm gonna I'm looking forward to playing it in both Commander, Legacy, and Modern. I'm so You really think Legacy, huh? You really, you really think Legacy. Generally. Yeah. 100%, 100%. There's so many good cards uh, for goblins in, in legs that have activated right. abilities. Like, I, I always play... Lightning Crafter. Lightning Crafter taps to lightning bolt something. So just find out to be a library, bolt something. It's, it's fantastic. So just so great stuff. Good. Yeah, I'm so excited for this card. It's it's such a clever... It's such a clever design. And I gotta say, I love the artwork. I mean, you know, that yep. shouldn't be a factor in card evaluation, but what do I care? I love the artwork. No, I think it should. It's, it's fun. Well, it's flavor. It it's fun. It it's flavorful. Just fantastic card. All right. Well, well, since I took your pick, what's your next pick? You said you don't have a lot of white cards. Okay. So... Okay, so let, let's let's go through. So, so I'm going to get the obvious one out of the way first, which is containment. Priest. Well, but that's a reprint. Uh, a that's a reprint. I I've got two reprints on my list. I don't care. Uh, containment <laughs> priest is so good. It's so good. It's a two-two human cleric with flash, and it stops creatures from in the battlefield if they weren't cast. So this thing is a thing that modern should have had two or three years ago. Faithless looting may never have been banned if this card existed then. It stops Artlight Phoenixes coming back, it stops Holak coming back, Bloodgasts, Narc Amoebas, anything you want to Gorio's Vengeance, anything you want on Burial Whites. This card has been a linchpin of um, uh, DNT as a side, say linchpin, more of a sideboard linchpin, and it's been played in like blue-white control and legacy as well as a sideboard card. And the fact that we have it in modern now, and it like pseudo-combos with like flicker wisps and displaces and all my favourite cards. 
I, I, it's, it's basically, it's about time. You know, I said earlier how we shouldn't be like, well done, wizards, for doing the obvious thing of reprinting Grim Tutor. Well, well done, wizards. It's about damn time you reprinted Continuum. Very excited at the way in which reprinting it here gets it into, uh, again, modern and I guess pioneer. A pioneer nuts. And historic. Yep. And historic. <laughs> and historic. Oh, there's I'm, too I'm, many formats. Can we just have one? Uh, well, the irony being, the irony being, it being reprinted here makes it legal in more formats than the vast majority of cards that play in the same deck. So, for example, Leon and Arbiter, right. a card that I play a lot of, is not legal in Pioneer, nor is it legal in Historic. So this card is now legal in more formats than he right. is because of this set. Yeah. But I think it's the right place oh, to put sure. it because it need, this is the kind of tool that decks should have across all the Yeah, formats. I've always loved Containment Priest for that very reason. I think, you know, our friend Saffron Olive has gone on about how answers are, are so important mm -hmm. and, you know, made the argument that, like, I believe Pithing Needle, which I agree with Seth on this point, like that Pithing Needle should mm -hmm. just, it mm -hmm. should just be an evergreen. It's there. It's in every core set is Pithing and Needle they, to just uh, yeah, keep they, it out there yes, uh, yes. sort of thing. And that that applies to other answers as well. And that's saying containment priest should be around as much as pithing needle but reprint those answers get those answers out there so that people have a way and this goes all the way back interesting to the very start of our conversation so it's like i see the card is coming i have something in response to it in in that's a different show but uh in response to it so that it dies to removal cha-ching yeah, the card's sick. I'm I'm so excited to play with it. I, I, it yeah. What more, more can I say than we're overdue by two years yes. having this card? Yes, yes, absolutely. All right. Well, my next. What's your second pick then? My next card. Oh. My next card is a white card. My next card is a white card. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think this card is necessarily going into modern or even pioneer. I, I don't really know about historic. I doubt it. Uh, Commander is going to have fun with it, and I uh, was thinking of you. And uh, uh, our good friend Ari from Wizards of the Coast, uh, when I saw this card, I bet you already know what it is without me saying it. Just from saying that, I bet you know what card it is. Yeah. It's uh, it's the card that I put on my list as my overhyped card. Oh, snap. You think Idol of Endurance is overhyped. All right. <laughs> I'm going to begin by hyping it. And then you're going to tell me why it's overhyped. Right. Okay. So we actually talking about Mangara. Yeah. Not Idol of Endurance, right? Oh, no, I was talking about Idol of Endurance. Oh, this is... I thought you were doing a bit, no. Brian. I thought you were doing, like, a switcheroo. I'm talking about Mangara. Oh, you think, think Mangara's Mangara overhyped? I, I, I didn't... Mangara oh, didn't make wow. my list. I, 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 Mangara, I was not interested in talking about today. I'm, I, I can imagine what you have to say about Mangara being overhyped. We'll do that one in just a second. But Idol yeah, of okay. Endurance, that, I like. I like Idol. Oh. That's amazing. So you're you're okay. no, me too. So you're indifference on the endurance. Your idol of indifference to you. It's too no. yeah. No, I, I like it. I like it. Like um, the fact that it's like it's like it's like half a sun titan almost. Uh, <laughs> it's half the think, cost. And uh, yeah, it's half the cost, and also none of the extra body and yada yada. I think that like it, it allows you to recur things out of your graveyard, like a whole load of them. So it's a card advantage engine, and I think that's yeah. Now I see what you mean about the Ari thing. Yeah. Um, it is uh, a card advantage engine that doesn't just say draw a card on it, which is which we'll come to about Mangara shortly. So I think it's a very interesting and unique design space. I think they have been very careful with it. Um, I think it's most comparable to perhaps um, Mimic Vat. It's probably the closest like similar card in terms of like mechanically. 
Uh, but I don't think it's anywhere near as powerful or anywhere as ubiquitous as Mimic Vet will be across like Commander and stuff. So I like the card. I like the design space. I just don't know how good its power level yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know about, I mean, I don't even really play Standard that much. Standard isn't my jam. But I looked at this and I thought, uh, I've got some mono-white uh, decks in Commander that are really going to enjoy this. I, 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 I am definitely putting it in the uh, mono-white Tejero uh, deck that I've got, uh, and I think that it's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting that you yourself have complained that White just can't seem to cut in Commander, and I think this... You're right, it, they are playing it safe, and maybe they could have been a little more forward with it, but it's a really great card. Uh, I'm really excited for what we can do with it in Commander. I actually think it might it might end up being a very, very good card for like, the White Weenie decks in um modern i said not modern sorry in standard uh and in historic historic, must say historic again like i like i've been playing the the the, the white weenie deck or the white artifact deck the art the um affinity list affinity in historic mm-hmm. it's like my favorite yeah, deck in the that format. is a good deck and this is both this is an artifact and then after wrath it puts all your um all your crappy cheapy little weenies yeah, under it does, and overseers and allows you to replay them so perhaps it does have a home and maybe i'm downplaying it um, but I, I, I guess it's better that we downplay it and aren't sure than they just print it like Luris, for example. And we're like, oh, that card's broken. I'd much prefer us not to be sure than to be like, oh, that's going to walk Right, forward. right. Well, one of these days, I think, Vince, maybe we should do is have you design a white card advantage uh, a, a card of your dreams and, and let us know what that is. Yeah, With the provision it's cool. that you it's- can't just say Ristic Study. Oh, you got me! You got me. <laughs> I can't believe we weren't we weren't on the same wavelength for the other one, but you got me on the All right, what's it. next okay. on your list before we get to the overhypes? So I well, I've got three more on my list. Four, oh five my each. god, five each! I just grabbed a bunch I was right. interested in. Oh, I'll rail through then. Oracle of Moldiah. It's about time they reprinted this, isn't it, Brian? That's not in. They didn't reprint Oracle of Moldiah in Corset. They reprinted it in. I want to say Jumpstart, but was it in one of the Commander decks? All I know is this, it's not in Corset. Okay. Mo- moving on, then. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's incredibly confusing. Um, all, all jokes aside, like I was vaguely aware, but it was more trying to like uh, catch Brian out, but Brian's caught me there. Yeah, Old Clover Die is not in M21. Uh, probably should have been, but it's in Jumpstart instead, so it won't get the reprint it needs. <laughs> but also then Azusa is in one and Oracle's in the other, and this is why it's so confusing. Right. Because they're both very similar cards. Probably Oracle will be... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so Oracle will die. What about Azusa? Do you like again. Azusa? That's another one on my list. Not to cut you off here, but like Azusa's no, really yeah. nice I, to I have think in that's standard. a great reprint. 100%. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to be that strong in standard, I guess. I mean, I guess it, it being alongside something like Oracle or Corsa, for example, something like that, would have made it probably too yeah. good. So yeah, I guess they needed one or the other in M21. I kind of wish they were the other way around. But as this is a better value reprint for Modern, where Oracle's a better reprint for Commander. Maybe I'm just being nitpicky. But yeah, I, I wish Oracle of Modai was in M21. Yes. Because it would have made it far more accessible and had more copies opened. Uh, more seriously though, I do have Sublime Epiphany. It's my favourite Commander card from the whole set. It's it's six mana. It has like 14 different modes. Oh, it actually has six. Oh no, five. I can't remember how many it's got. And basically, when you cast it, you get to choose one or more. So you can have all the modes. Counter a spell, counter an ability, bounce a permanent, copy a creature you control, or t- target player draws a card. The reason I love it is because every set always has a six-mana card that you would not play in any reasonable format. But I love 
these kind of cards, these modal kind of cards for Commander because they're so versatile. And the art is abstract, weird, like wedding cake inside a head mm-hmm. thing. So that's my that's my that's my Commander pick for the set. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think. I think that this is a great example of a card that I would have loved to see in a commander product because I don't think it's going to see standard play. I don't think it's going to see Mm. pioneer play, historic, modern, legacy. It's a commander card. This is like, if if you showed this to me by itself, I would have thought this was a made-for-commander card, period. But they have these every set. I agree with you. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but they have these every set. There's always a seven mana off. Well, yeah, but it's usually something that, that like, like we make, like, usually we take those cards and we make them work in Commander, where it's like, oh, seven mana, I can get to that in Commander. Not in, you know, Modern so much, because in Modern it's seven, I know what I want to do. But, like, like in Commander, sure. This really reminded me of, like, you know, Mystic Confluence when they did that for Commander, Mm -hmm. cards like that, where you're right, it has all those qualities. The high cost, a lot of modal or just select a lot of good stuff uh it's like a utility belt all in one card which is fantastic it's a lot of fun would you have liked a version of this would you have liked a version of this where it would cost less and did less and then maybe we could actually play with it outside of commander (laughs) like like then it's we're talking about like a command then if we were like trying to cut cut costs down and cut abilities down you're saying cryptic command. You're saying, would I rather this be? Cryptic yeah. Would you command? rather they have? Well, what would you <laughs> make of that? I want, honest to God, take this card out, put in cryptic command. That's the list you see it. Is your reaction? Oh my God, this is over the top that they reprinted cryptic command in 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 the yeah. core set. Yeah. Yeah, printing it in the same format and the same environment where you have uh, three mana to fairy and then four mana to fairy, which I, I don't even want to talk right. about. Um, yeah, I think that'd be wrong. So actually, in a weird way, yeah, if that was a four mana and it was choose two, it'd be would it be it'd be strictly better than Cryptic Command actually? Because Cryptic Command cards a spell draws a right. card, cards spells bounce. It, it, it can't fog the opponent's creatures, but this would be this would be borderline strictly better than Cryptic yeah. Command because it can count on abilities and copy your creatures and stuff. So I get where you're going with it, but I guess there's got to be cards can't. <laughs> it's the old Marrow thing, and Mark Rosewater always says to make good cards you have to have bad cards. Right. So you have to have six and seven mana. The, the thing about this card is that. I'm going to have it in my hand, and I'm not going to cast it in Commander because I'm not going to get full value out of it. I'm waiting until the stack is full so I can counter an ability, counter a spell, bounce a thing, copy a thing, and draw a card. And if I can't do all five, I'm going to be like, oh, I don't think I should. You know how no one ever casts um, uh, a blink of an eye right. to kick a spell that draws right. a card? No one ever casts it for two. They always have to wait until they have the right. four. It's one of those sure. cards. So I'll probably never end up casting it. All right. Well, next on my list is a new card, not a reprint. Interesting that you went so well. I mean, this is the reprint. This is a reprint standard set. It's wild. Uh, so I get that's why you latched on to them. But I went yeah. for a new card, and it's not even uh, a rare. It's an uncommon, and it's in white, and it Ooh. really has me excited. This is again as the sort of card that this is the sort of gameplay I like, and that's Angelic Ascension. Angelic Ascension mm-hmm. is a, a, a generic and a white, and it's an instant exile target creature or planeswalker. Oh, I love that it says or planeswalker. And its controller mm-hmm. creates a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying. And what I love about this card is, again, it, it almost it's not modal, of course, but it has different uses. Because there are many situations where you are going to use this on your own creature or planeswalker and be really happy. A lot of people have talked about, you know... Uh, 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 you might activate the uh, ability f- for what will be the last time on a planeswalker, and it's it's not going to be get any good 
use from you after that point, and you'll just turn it into a 4-4 uh, Flying Angel to get some more use, or if somebody's swinging in to destroy that Planeswalker or trying to make one of your creatures die to removal, you might as well just wipe it away and get a 4-4 Flyer, which is not a light thing. A 4-4 Flyer is, is really great. Uh, mm -hmm. To have, it's not like you're turning it into it. Like some, we've seen similar spells, and you'll maybe get like a one-one lifelink soldier or something, and a couple of goblins, maybe whatever. But four-four flyer is really great. Plus, yeah, it's good removal. There are situations where I would rather my opponent have a four-four flyer than their creature or planeswalker. Plenty of creatures and plenty of planeswalkers that I would rather trade my opponent for a 4-4 four, four flyer. <laughs> Plenty. And we've yeah. already uh, we've already talked about like Titans and such. So like there are cards that change them to 4-4 four, four angels as a, a big downgrade. Yes. But this card is amazing. Yeah. This is um one of the best uncommons in the set. So it's similar to Eliminate, which is the black uh, two mana destroy yes. target creature or plane to walk over the convert mana cost of three or less. And I like this because we're seeing now a move towards design where spells can kill planeswalkers. And planeswalkers have become uh, an integral part of the game as we all know. War the Spark marked a huge shift in the design of them where we're going to have like but how to say dozens uh was it 40 or whatever it was in war the yeah. spark it was an insane number of them and some of them are so dominating that you know that even the meme culture of magic is just all around to right. right now right so to see that shift is fantastic but the white one is probably better because well ugin's just shown up and i think exiling ugin and giving them a 4-4 instead is pretty strong but like you said you can you can defensively they swing at your planeswalker to kill it and you're like well now my planeswalker's a 4-4 right. and it block and eats one of your bodies so it's a very good surprise blocker so i'm a big fan of this i've wanted them to do more path to exile adjacent cards before because obviously plowshares is the original where you exile to gain life our path is the exile to get a card and now we have for one mana more of course exile and get an angel i like that i think again it's some interesting design space for white to have where they give you something in exchange kind of like generous gift as well yes so that, that whole staple of white's removal absolutely so what do you got next on your list do you have anything that isn't just a reprint yes do you have anything that isn't just a reprint so, i've said two non-reprints you stole snoop off of me doesn't count and then you you and then you shrugged off Sublime Epiphany because you're like, well, it's not as good as Cryptic <laughs> Brian, you're becoming one of those players. Right. My last on my All list right. is the new... So some people might know from my YouTube channel, yes, I have one, yada, 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 that I like Stuffy Doll. I, I my, my first ever big video was me casting Blasphemous Axe with Stuffy Dolls in play and 13 in your opponent or doubling the spell for, for, for 26 damage. They are printing a 5-mana 1-1 Goblin that is indestructible. It has the Stuffy Doll clause, essentially, of when it takes damage, it damages your opponent. And, to add to it, it can fight a creature when it's untapped and not summoning sick. Uh, that is Brash Taunter. It's a fun card. And this is... Yeah, 100%. Like, the art, the flavour, it's another good Goblin. We don't tend to get multiple good Goblins in sets as well. So the fact that this is just another Stuffy Doll, I've got a plan to play this and Stuffy Doll. I'm going to play 8-Doll on my channel where I look to get dolls into play and blast from Sactor right. It's not going to be great, but it's going to be fun. So yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm going to play in Commander 2. I already play Stuffy Doll in my uh, Perforos go uh, Goblins deck. So this and the Snoop are both going into my Goblins deck. So yeah, a Brash Taunter is right up my street. It's a Goblin. It, it, it fights... And it's got Stuffy Dolls claws in it. If only Blasphemous Act had been reprinted, then you could really have some fun. 
Oof. Yeah, I mean, doing that in standard would be would be great. Like, maybe, maybe we will. Maybe in MD- Blasphemous Act feels very much like the kind of card they would put into a core set, doesn't it? Yeah. So I reckon, like, eh, this is, there's always probably M22. There you go. My top, my five cards I want to see in M22. I'm already starting with Blasphemous Act. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. There we go. Thanks for the free content. There we go. There we go. Well, my final card is a red card as well as a green card. We're in Gruel and talking Radha, Heart of Keld. Oh, and I really okay. like that Radha, she's a 3-3 here and she's only 3 CMC. So she's a generic, a red, and a green. Uh, I, I really like that low cost. It immediately says to me playable, especially in like, you know, a gruel mid-range sort of build. What does she do? As long as it's your turn, she has first strike. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library anytime and you may play lands from the top of your library. I just love being able to make sure that my draw isn't going to be a land if I if I you know have the ability to play mm-hmm, a land and mm-hmm. we've got some other abilities. We talked about Azusa and she works really well with mm-hmm. that. She's in green and so I immediately put these two cards together like that. And wait, there's more. I love when there's more. I can spend four a red and a green and give Radha plus X plus X till end of turn, where X is the number of lands you control, which is really wild for coming in with somebody with first strike or any effects that might add trample to her, which we've uh, uh, got some options for that. Really think this is a cool card. I really like aggro and those gruel mid-rangey decks. I think that this is definitely going to go in there and there's a lot of nice pieces already in play uh, that are going to work with her. Yeah, she's sweet. Uh, when I when I read the, the second clause, the middle line, that's the one that got me the most excited because I, I like lands based yeah. But the fact that it's on, like you said, an aggressive body is kind of unique. Uh, and it, it, we don't see a lot of those. I think there was like a, a Milner and Tyrus, whatever it was before. But other than that, this might be the, f- the second only ever red to green card to do this. And having that in an aggro shell means, yeah, like you said, you're not drawing just like a hot air. Right. It's she's she's going to be really cool and, and historic, I think. She's also an elf as well, which is a very relevant yeah. vibe across the multiple formats in both historic, pioneer, modern, even legacy. I mean, she would play, play in legacy, but elves is a relevant trope. She's a fun... She, and uh, yeah. you're quite a big fan. You, you've played Radha ADH. Yeah, yeah. You? Well, I played it with you. So if people who haven't seen that is I played uh, Radha oh, yeah. on Vince's YouTube channel. Actually, it was his Twitch stream. I don't know what it was. No. I didn't know he made content at all. I was very surprised. But uh, yeah, you can check oh, out... Well, it's, it's one of the decks, and I said that in the video... Uh, my Radha EDH, I think it's so underrated. I think people just look past her to Xenagos or something like that as commander. Uh, we're talking about old Radha here. I don't know if I'd do this Radha as commander. I'd put her in my existing Radha deck, but I don't think that I, I would really want to highlight her as commander, but her second iteration, I think, is such an underrated commander. I've got a deck tech on it. Watch that deck in play on Vince's channel, linked here and in the description. Vince, tell me what you think is overhyped and why. Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot the the messenger or the the olive branch or set it on fire, or whatever. I think Mangara isn't that exciting. Um, I got tagged a lot when Mangara got spoiled. I bet. Because I've been complaining that white is the worst colour for a long time. It doesn't have access to the card draw that any of the other colours do. It often gets the short end of the stick, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then we got Mangara, which is cool that we're exploring a space where it gets to draw cards when your opponents are doing naughty things like attacking or being undiplomatic, shall we say. Um, but I just don't think it's that good. Like... May- yeah. It's a 2-4 of life thing, so maybe you'll see a small amount of play in something like Standard or Historic somewhere as like a part of a control deck that wants creatures on board. But besides that, like, yeah, you might play it as your mono-white politics commander where you're trying to, you know, 
politic your way through a game of Commander. But I mean, I, 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 I can't see a situation where I'm going to include this in my 99 or, or 100 if you include companions in my 99. Like, it's just, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's just right. okay. Also, they did my boy dirty a little bit because. Yeah, because really? Bangoro is like one of my favorite, like not necessarily characters. I'm not hugely knowledgeable on his lore, but I've played Mangara, the original Mangara, so much in my time playing Magic. He was a staple of DT. For people who don't know, Legacy Death and Taxes, before Thalia was printed, Mangara was a key part of the deck, because Mangara plus Aethervar and Caracas gives you a, uh, uh, a Vindicate on an enemy permanent every single turn. So Mangara used to be this really tricksy, weird, uniquely templated, exile uh, attrition card. And now I guess in his older years, perhaps he's settled down to be more of a diplomat. I don't know. I just feel like it's just not as good or as powerful as the previous version. But I guess it is more see unique that. in some ways. I don't know. It was also one of the first cards that they uh, previewed. And I think that people don't have high expectations for a core set to begin yeah. with. And that this kind of rolled out right away. And it was, a, a, I think it's a very out the gates fun preview mm -hmm. where suddenly it's, you're, you're, you're thinking, whoa, what are we going to expect from this core set? So I think a lot of the hype around it might've been tied yeah. to forces other than what the card is actually realistically going to do. And in terms of seeing play, I, I can hear you on that. I mean, Mangara, we were joking about uh, uh, whether or not I knew you were talking about it. And I, I, I it, it, honestly, I had forgotten the card exactly. was in the set prior I, I, I to think today. I, I just was like, oh, it's not it's not on any of my lists. I do lists for everything. I, I know I haven't done actual videos this time for, for every format I did Pioneer, but like I still look at uh, every set and I'm like, all right, what do I think is modern, Pioneer, Legacy, Commander, and I'll see which ones I'll make videos. Mangara wasn't on I, anything I think people will forget the card I, exists. I just forgot this like, card in, existed. In 12 months' time, I think people forget yeah. it exists. The other, the other thing I want to just touch on before we move on to your, your one is that it... Don't pick I'm not, mine. I'm not, I'm not, but it's about Mangara again. Okay. Like we saw this unique white card as the preview, like you said, initially. And then we saw the other white cards, which are mainly this sort of like counters, matters, dogs and soldiers sort of, uh, no, let's say soldiers, like dogs and warriors theme a little bit. It's like, it wasn't in any way a, a display of what the, the set will do to white. There are interesting cards, like the card we talked about earlier, the, the, the figure that brings back creatures from the graveyard. But yeah, Mangara was like completely left field compared to everything else in the set. Um, so it's weird that they, they previewed everyone, oh, white's changing. Like, well, not really. They're going to throw you one commander bone every set. <laughs> That's what they're going to do, right. which is fine. That's something. So Ari, if you're watching this, someone's tagged him to this section. I appreciate you and what you're doing. I appreciate it's a, a shift towards change. I just don't think the card is as powerful as people are making it out to be. Yeah. So I, I've got a similar kind of feeling. It's a white card as well. And I think that this card is just so hyped because of, we were talking about artwork and the mm -hmm. role it can play. I think people are so in love with the dogs v. cats mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, tribal element here in the core set. And this is a card with cats on it. And I, I think it is so overhyped and everyone is in love with it because of the art and the flavor is just moi. But I just think this card isn't going to get anywhere and that's nine lives. <laughs> This is this is like you can use this section as the clickbait bit on Twitter. You can be like, "Yeah, but the professor hates cats." That's the cat. That's the uh, right. That's the thing. So you don't think Nine Lives any good at all? Nah. What I I I didn't say it's no good, uh, but I think that this is so. This is everybody's talking about combos sure. with this, right? You know, we're thinking things like solemnity and and what have you. Uh, I and I've heard combos. There's like people are putting forth, and it's adorable. They're doing like a Johnny's Nine Lives as a modern deck, you know, a Johnny's Nine Lives, and it's like no. 
that's not going to be a thing. You're just so excited over the flavor of this card, but it's not actually going to be a thing. And we already have our white combo in Pioneer, and no, this isn't going to unseat it. Our white combo in Pioneer is 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 through the roof already. This is not unseating it. I don't really think it's going to augment it. Uh, it's standard, doesn't have the tools it wants with it, and I don't think that even if it did, that the current format you know, and meta really is is going to be that receptive to it. I, I really think that this is just such a great, like that artwork and what, what Paul has done. And I'm a big, I, I love Paul's work and he's the sweetest guy in the world. Go check him out if you're on Twitter and follow him because he's just wonderful people. Uh, and he did this thing on Twitter where he took out the central cat and you could like put an image of your cat <laughs> in the That's center. Amazing. Yeah, and and some people were were asking him. I think I'd have to go check. Go ch- go check. But like I think like he put out the high res, and people were replacing some of the in the cloud images with their face and other things. Like people are having so much fun with the artwork and the flavor of what it does, and that's great. I don't want to sour that, but I don't think a Johnny's Nine Lives is going to be a thing in modern, and I don't think this is unseating you know Heliod combo and Pioneer, and I don't think Historic wants this, and I don't think Standard so, wants this, and I don't think this is going in my commander The cool thing deck. about the art as well, like, is that each of the cats are cats from Magic, right? So on the right hand side you've got Kemba, yeah. and then I guess a Johnny is bothering there somewhere, and then I think one of them might be the Leonin Titan or whatever his name is. That's cool. Oh, it's 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 amazing. It's 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 again. This is why it's overhyped because it's just like. But we've had these cards, and you talk about we have that that overpriced commander card in every set. I think that like every set has this one card that has been constructed with the most amazing uh, uh, flavor. What was that card in Return to Innistrad that had thirteen in all the imagery? Oh, right tr- or Trodeskiphobia? Or... I could never pronounce it then, but yeah, I know. Yeah, Triskaidekh. So you look at tr- uh, yeah, and and but it didn't see play. It was brilliant. The artwork but, was but brilliant. That, the flavor that's... was brilliant. The wording was brilliant. It's it's this work of like Mwah! chef's kiss, but it's not going to sure, see play. Those and cards, so that's why I say it's those overhyped. Those build arounds are great. They're wonderful. Yeah, they're great, yeah, they're great for people like myself. That's my bread and butter. That's what my channel was built upon. Was playing stupid cards that aren't really good enough. But you have a YouTube channel where you play stupid cards? Hang on, hang on. That's nine very lives. fitting. That's nine very lives fitting. is not as bad as you're saying it is. I think Nine Lives will be a cyborg yeah. card in either Standard or Historic if a Mono Red deck is good. Because think of it this way, right? Yeah. Each creature that's hitting you is doing somewhere between two and four points of damage, and each burn spell is doing the same. So nine counters is nine times that. You're getting a bonus 18 life or similar, right? So this is a card that you can wait to your low life, you play, and it, it basically eats you out another uh, 10 to 20 life. I think this is legitimately... Like, think of it this way. Your opponent's hitting you with a 4-3 Anax, and they're sticking a... Uh, what's it called? The the stupid equipment. What's it called? Embercleave on it. That mm-hmm. only does two counters on nine lives, where in reality it would just murder you dead without this card. So I think this card is legitimately a potential cyborg card for either like white weenie or perhaps control, but control wouldn't be able to close out the game quick enough to, to benefit from the, the the life buffer that this gives you. But like if you're a white weenie aggressive deck, this could be the thing that allows you to not die in the in the burn matchups. So I think it could well, see some play. Well, Vince, I hope you enjoy playing with this stupid card on your stupid deck, stupid YouTube channel. I, I wish you luck. I wish you luck with that. Uh, but for me, 
I'm going to say it's overhyped. I'm, I'm going to say that if the artwork wasn't so cool by itself, if the artwork, if this card had been called, if this card had been called uh, uh, Nine Steps, Nine Steps, and it was a staircase, nobody would give a damn. If it was just a staircase and it was called Nine Steps. Look, some people are into and, steps, and the, Brian. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not yucking anyone's yum. Some people are really into steps, being stepped on. Right. The band Steps... <laughs> the British pop band steps. I get I, I so knowing you and joking aside, knowing your YouTube channel and the fact that you just said being stepped on, I am gonna right now end this episode of Dies to Removal before we go in a direction that I don't want my channel to go in. But if you like being stepped on or stepping on others, then you might enjoy Vince's YouTube channel uh, until it gets removed. So go on over there. We're putting some links in there. Vince, where else can they find you? So I stream a minimum of once a week on twitch.tv forward slash magic, where I stream primarily magic and a few other bits of varied stuff too. I'm very active on Twitter, uh, which is present Kenobi as well. Instagram, where I post a lot of uh, little plastic men that I paint, Warhammer figures, over on Instagram. That's also present Kenobi. Uh, there's also a Facebook group, but they're the main ones. Twitter and Instagram for socials and Twitch and YouTube for content. You play Warhammer? Nia of Wizards R&D, what are you doing in my office? I'm the white mana guru. Whenever someone loses faith in white, I magically appear. That must keep you pretty busy. Silence! Oh my goodness, you, you exiled Brian. Yep, gonna get a lot of high fives back at the mothership for that. <laughs>